Welcome to Just Beat Us, the podcast about the real side of living with type 1 every day. Your hosts are Millie and Jeline. This podcast is for anyone who wants to commiserate, swap war stories, and build a community of support around Just Beat Us. Hi, this is Millie. And this is Jeline. And you are listening to the Just Beat Us podcast. And welcome to episode 7. Um, today is a milestone for us. We have our very first guest on the podcast, and her name is Megan. Um, welcome to the podcast, Megan. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so I met Megan just a couple weeks ago. I actually just started doing yoga at a local studio here. Um, never really done it before. Uh, just like some online classes. Um, so this is the first time I've had like a studio experience and it's so chill and relaxing and also so much harder than I expected it to be. Um, so I'm getting like a real, real workout, but, um, my husband sent me a link to a blog post that, um, the yoga studio had put up and it was about doing yoga with type one. And I was reading it and I was like, oh my God, I could have written this. It was so interesting. Like the perspective Um, And I was like, I really hope that I meet this Megan character. And then I was at a class about a week later, and I had my Dexcom. I got the Dexcom finally. Um, I had that on my arm, which I never really wear it on my arm. And um, she came up to me after and was like, hey, is that a Dexcom you have there? And I was like, wait, are you the girl from the blog post? You got to come be on the podcast. So here she is. And welcome. I'll let you introduce yourself. Thanks, Millie. Well, I feel like you summed up our introduction pretty well. I basically did to Millie what I've uh, had done to me several times at Treetop, which is you see somebody with some visible evidence of diabetes, and if you have a personal connection to it, you latch onto it like it is a lifeline, because it is in a lot of ways, because it's not something that people really talk about all that often. And so if you see like a comrade in the diabetes (laughs) war, you are going to like go up and introduce yourself to them. So um, it was so nice to meet Millie and to hear that you had read my blog post, um, which I had written for Treetop like a couple weeks ago. Um, I've been doing yoga like pretty intensely for probably the past like five years and been a pretty like casual yogi for the past like 10 or 15 years. and I completed my yoga teacher training at Treetop earlier this year. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah. I did not know that. That's so cool. So I've been kind of like doing a lot of thinking about the intersection between like diabetes and yoga and running and all the kinds of things that we do to like try and quote unquote take care of ourselves, um, which I feel like is becoming a hot even hotter topic in this day and age. Self-care is so (laughs) trendy. It's very trendy, (laughs) very trendy. Um, But yeah, I feel like just to start off with my like diabetes intro, I really liked hearing your guys's like origin stories. And I just feel like that is kind of like a story that every type one like has like down pat, like I'll probably be like on my deathbed and my last words will be like retelling about how I was like diagnosed (laughs) with diabetes. But Um, so yeah, I was nine when I was diagnosed, there was like absolutely like no family history anywhere. It was like totally out of left field. Um, my official diagnosis date was actually November 4th, which, um, tells you that it was five days after Halloween and I had just spent the past five days eating candy nonstop. So (laughs) 
<laughs> by the time I got to the hospital, uh, yeah, my blood sugar was, I think Julian, you had said, one of you had said yours was like in the 700s when you were diagnosed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's like where I was. Um, the interesting part of my diagnosis was I, I was super sick. I was definitely in DKA and my mom took me to my pediatrician and he saw me in the outpatient and he was like, she has the flu, take her home and give her, give her juice. (laughs) Um, (laughs) which is not the best advice to give, um, someone who's in DKA. So, um, that's like the last thing I remember. And then that night, um, my mom was just like, my mom is like very, like me, very much a rule follower. She was doing what the doctor told her to do. And then that night I was like completely unconscious. I don't remember anything. And so, um, oh yeah, so she uh, called an ambulance. They took me to, into children's ICU. Well, actually, I first I went to Beverly Hospital and then Beverly Hospital called an ambulance from children's to come get me because they didn't wow. feel like they could manage it. So I was in the ICU at children's for a few days, I think like five or six days. Um, and then I was like stabilized and then that was it. That's the only time I've ever been hospitalized. It was like coming in with a bang. But <laughs> <laughs> once I like got stabilized and I, for I, one of you had spoken to, I think about like how you were trained on like shots and everything like in that both of you, right. We're like from the jump, like have done yes. your own injections. Yeah. yeah. Same for me. It was like, like you're young enough to pick it up and like not rebellious enough to be like, I'm not doing this. Totally. <laughs> Which I went through those phases later, but when I was like first diagnosed, it was like, it hadn't crossed my mind to not do it. But for nine years old though, too, that's like, I mean, I, you were 10, mm-hmm. I was 11. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a young, that's a young age. And like, I don't want to like veer off topic, but yeah. I have a friend who had a daughter who was diagnosed, I think around age seven, but she wasn't doing her own injections till like 13, 14 years old. Wow. wow. So it's just interesting. I'm, I'm just so curious to see now if someone who got diagnosed at our age got admitted to the hospital now, like, are you, are they teaching them to do their own injections? Or are mm. they more sensitive to that now? Like, it's just, it's interesting. Well, especially with all the new technology, like I feel like I've been like in in the game so long that it's hard to know. Like, do do they even like start people right on injections now, or do they start them at like on CGMs or pumps? Or I think that they do start you on injections. I spoke to someone recently. I think it was at it must have been at work, who said their grandson had just got diagnosed. I think he was like again like around eleven or twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, but they start you on injections because of pump malfunctions and CGM malfunctions, they don't want you to be able to like totally rely on that. Like you kind of have to know how to navigate yourself old school way. Because right. it's technology. Even so now with my pump breaks, I'm like, oh, back to like, I got to think back 18 years. <laughs> well, how did I do this before? <laughs> totally. Oh, and that background is my Dexcom telling me <laughs> that I have a high blood sugar right now because... I ate too many carbs at dinner. Wait, that was that was like kind of perfect <laughs> though. That you actually planned that. Um, yeah. Well, all right. I've got the message, Dexcom. Thank you. 
noted. Yeah, I know. I, I was going on a trip earlier this year and I get like, I don't know if this is true for you guys. Whenever I'm traveling, I get anxious about like packing enough like supplies and I'm like, oh, like my pump hasn't broken in the like decade that I've been on like the Omnipod, but better bring like 20 in case like my sight like <laughs> gets ripped out or like something happens or also I'll bring this like old glucometer that I don't think works anymore, but it feels better to have. And I remember like Googling like, what is the like Lantus like ratio to like Humalog? Cause I like haven't been on long acting in so long, but I like usually bring that as a backup. The travel tip that my mother developed and I have since continued is you figure out how many you need, you need then you double it and you pack that. And then in a second bag, you figure out what you need and then you double it again. So you go with quadruple <laughs> supplies just in case you lose a bag. <laughs> Just in case you're traveling somewhere where they also like don't have pharmacies or doctors <laughs> or like, like anyone who like is can, a medical professional. Well, you can probably go to Europe and get your supplies for free anyway, but uh. true. So you were in the hospital for five or six days, got taught everything that you needed to everything. you needed to know, mm-hmm. right? I yes. mean, they teach you that in five days. In you five you days. knew everything. I yeah, I knew everything, you guys. Um Yeah, I mean, I definitely, it's like they teach you the scales and the ratios and the facts. So, like, they don't teach you, like, the experience. And that's something that, like, really can't be taught. Like, you just have to, like, go through it. And I think for me and probably for you guys, too, being diagnosed, like, so young, it's, like, who am I, like, with diabetes versus who was I like before diabetes and it's almost like so insignificant because you're like barely a person when you're like nine or ten but like remember living without diabetes right I was a different human because I was a child (laughs) yes and learning the emotional experience of being diabetic is also just been for me like the emotional experience of like learning how to be a human because that's like most of what my life has been and Like, I think it does add in, like, maybe a little bit of an extra layer of, like, anxiety. Like, that, I mean, anxiety is something that's so subjective, right? So, it's, like, how can I assess whether, how my anxiety compares to, like, other people's, like, with or without diabetes. But that's kind of why, like, yoga became such an important part of my life was because, like, I, you know, realized, especially when I got to college, that I just, like, had no way to, like, calm myself down when like my especially when my blood sugar was like out of control like your emotions are just like on this roller coaster and I found this practice that really helped me like be a little bit kinder to like my body and my mind and just like breathe and like trust that like things are going to be okay which I think like I, I had a hard time like coming to that yeah and there's the whole concept of like the stress cycle of like stress causes high blood sugars and then high blood sugars stress you out. And so if you like panic and freak out that you have a high blood sugar, you're like just inherently making it harder to get out of. And so I think if you can work on, obviously there's things we can do to deal with high blood sugar, but if you can also work on like the mental aspect of like how to get yourself out of that mindset, even just in a couple weeks of doing yoga a couple times a week, like I've noticed myself being more mindful and being like, wow, this moment is really nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just being where I am right now is really nice. And I don't have to hop on my phone right now. And that I think is good for anyone, but it is also like, oh, I don't have to be checking my Dexcom right now, you know, like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So that's been helpful to me and I'm still so new at it, you know. 
totally. And I think like something it's, it's taught me that, um, you know, diabetes, like you're kind of almost like in a way when you're monitoring your blood sugar, not being in the present moment. Cause for me, if my blood sugar is not good, I'm thinking about like, or quote unquote good, but if it's high or low, I'm like, okay, so I need to like chug some juice and then 15 minutes from now I'll feel better. But like right now, I feel like shit and I just like perseverate on that or like especially for me it's like even worse when it's high because like the come down just takes so much longer right so you're like hey, my blood sugar is 225 and it's not right. going to be down to 125 right. for another three hours right. like, and like why hasn't <laughs> insulin kicked in yet should I give myself more should I give myself right. more should I give my like you want this Angry bolus. Right. Angry the, bolus. <laughs> the instant gratification, which is just non-existent no. in diabetes. And it's not in, like, a lot of things. But when it's your constant day-to-day, like, physical health, it just, like, takes a toll on you. And I just realized that I was kind of, like, fighting against my own, like you said, Melly, like, my own feedback loop where it's, like, then you get anxious and you just, like, make your blood sugar go higher. Or, like, me, like, you know, pricking my finger every 30 seconds, like, does not make my blood sugar come up any faster like the glucose tabs have been consumed you just need to like sit and wait for them to activate and trust that you're going to be okay in the interim and it I mean I'm not perfect at it still but like yoga has definitely like helped me do that and like realize that like you know it'll be it'll be okay right settle your mind a little bit Mm -hmm. but not that it's like without it's uh own trials and tribulations there because I part of what I wrote about my blog post was like any sort of like exercise any sort of living affects your blood sugar so like there's also the part of me that's like oh like I don't want anybody in class to like hear my Dexcom go off or like I'm embarrassed that I'm like shoving glucose tabs in my mouth or I you know you get that like um like everyone's like looking at me at feeling and I'm like Usually no one is like, no one cares. That's one thing I've definitely like had to be like, first of all, I don't know what I'm doing and people can see that Mm -hmm. in how I'm holding my body. And then, yeah, like, okay, I'm like eating in the middle of class, but people don't like, that's, what's nice about yoga is you're like, I am focusing on myself and my own space and like realizing that other people are also doing that is like, it's hard to get your head around. I feel like we live in a really like judgy world, but like that is a space where I feel like that's a priority. It's like you stay on your mat, like that's your space. Totally. And it kind of applies to like any sort of, especially with yoga, but even with other like forms of exercise, like I've been in and out of the gym like my whole life. And it's like, I never go to the gym and like stare at what other people are doing. (laughs) So like, why do I think that they care if I have to like hop off off the treadmill and like, you know, grab a juice box? Like they don't. Right. But so many people internalize that pressure at the gym, I feel like. Before I was doing yoga, I was doing a ton of beach body videos, which I know, Jillian, you do a ton of too. And I feel like it is so much easier when it's like, nobody's looking at me if I have to like pause the video and like have juice, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'd been in in and out of the gym for years myself too, but I'm paying for a membership to run on a treadmill. And I'm like, what am I doing? Because I couldn't get out of my own head of like, people are going to look at me and what if I don't know, clearly I don't know what I'm doing and what if I need to stop halfway through what I'm doing to go outside and then come back in, then I have to check back in and then it's just like this vicious cycle that like you're having with yourself and it's like no one, like you guys said, like no one else is noticing. Mm-hmm. But I did start doing Beach Body a few years ago and I find that I like it not just because of, you know, I don't have to battle that are people looking at me and judging me aspect, but like, yeah, I can pause it 
and get a juice box and just feel comfortable taking my time waiting till I, you know, come back up. Like there's been countless times where I've been low, like when I would go to the gym at college or even at home, go to the gym. And if I'm low, I'm like, I go out to my car, drink that or go in the bathroom. And then I'm like, eh, I'm going to leave. And then I would just feel down on myself. And I feel like at home workouts have just been like a safe space, but I still feel like I'm getting a really good workout and someone's coaching me on what to do. And I'm doing more than just running on a treadmill, which totally is nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like you're talking about like, there's the performative like anxiety that I think like all humans can like relate to whether they have like diabetes or not about like whether people are looking at them or judging them. And you just insert whatever your specific thing is that maybe you're like worried about. But then there's also like the real physical aspect of being type one and trying to exercise (laughs) and having your blood sugar have like be fine before you start. And then you're at 50 and you like really truly like do have to like stop and tend to that and care for that. And I think part of like the bargaining process that I go through sometimes and you almost have to just like turn off this part of your brain if you can is like is this even worth it to like begin with like I don't know you were saying earlier Jillian like I have to like check my blood sugar and then maybe run a temp basil and then like maybe have juice and then like check again in 20 minutes (laughs) and like go through this whole rigmarole that like honestly it can be really easy to just tell yourself like what's the point right like maybe I should just not exercise and stay at this stable 102 because I don't know where I'm headed in the next 30 minutes of exercise. Is it going to plummet or am I going to skyrocket? It's not going to say stay the same. We know that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I will not be 102 at the end of this. (laughs) And I feel like for me, I've realized that that's just like a given. So that means that like, I don't like my friends were like doing a half marathon like a few months ago. And I was like, maybe at some point in my life, I will like, have figured out the alchemy necessary to run like 13.1 miles. But like, I haven't figured that out yet. And I've been diabetic for 20 years. So like, that's just not going to be for me. Like what is going to be for me is like going to yoga or I do, I love the like at home workout videos too, or just like something that's a little bit more like Mm self-directed. And that does like remind me that like the only reason I exercise isn't just to like, I don't know, try and lose like two pounds this month. It's to like, just get some endorphins. And so it is worth the like blood sugar cycle to me, at least not every day, but many days. (laughs) No, I, I totally agree. Um, like there's so much more to exercise than just, oh, I need to lose weight for this. I need to lose weight for that. I want to drop a couple pounds. Like, um, well, no, I mean, I, I think about that like constantly because like maybe this is just every woman in society, but I'm like, I'm always just trying to lose like a little bit of weight, you know, get back to where I was a year ago when I was also like trying to lose weight, you know, it's like... <laughs> My existing weight then is my goal weight now. So frustrating, so annoying. But I'm like, yeah, losing weight is done in the kitchen is what they always say. And it's like, you can't outrun a bad diet. So then if I run on the treadmill for 30 minutes and then have to go eat a shitload of food, literally what was the point? And I find myself thinking that so much. And like, first of all, like we should all be able to escape like the weight loss trap. But also Mm -hmm. it is like, 
I run because of endorphins. Like I do yoga for like mental health and just even if you're not losing weight, like exercise itself is healthy. Like getting your heart going is healthy, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating when it happens. Like literally yesterday I was on a walk with my friends and I was like, okay, well we're mid walk and, um, sorry, we're going to have to sit down for like 15 minutes and I'm going to eat an apple and a banana and a package of animal crackers because you know what? I had pizza before this and I really overdid it. And it's just frustrating to be like doing a normal activity with you guys. And like, sorry, my diabetes is like super apparent right now. And I don't usually make it such a big deal for like other people in my life. And these are literally like my two best friends from high school. Mm -hmm. So they don't care, but I'm like, sorry, sorry about my diabetes. And they're like, it's fine. Like, but it's not fine to me, you know, like I want, I don't want to have to be doing this, but mm-hmm. you kind of just fall into that trap. You have to deal with it. There's no other way around it. So. Yeah. I feel like you can't, you can't outrun a bad diet, but you also like can't outrun a low blood sugar. Like it has <laughs> to be addressed. Like there's just no, yeah. like I read all of these, like, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, just being a like woman in America, I've read my fair share of like diet culture centered materials. And it's all these like, you know, tips for like eating mindfully and like working in diet and exercise in a sustainable way. And it's like, that's all great until you just like have to give yourself some straight up carbs or you're going to go <laughs> into a coma so you're not going to maintain that keto diet (laughs) (laughs) I know actually yeah keto diet I have so many thoughts about that but I've dabbled yeah (laughs) me too experimented it's hard I feel like I didn't feel very good on it it's not maintainable for me for me as a personal thing no me neither and then there's the other aspect of physical activity and like having devices which is like Jolene just showed me this like athletic clothing company that just has pockets like it has pockets in all of its clothes like oh my god this is so amazing like I have somewhere to put my pump like who who would have thought of that pockets and clothing um so like that thing is like a game changer and like the yoga class that we met at you were like oh my god your Dexcom and I was like yeah I actually like ripped it out during bridge pose so that was really fun and exciting for me. Like, what a great class. <laughs> it's a real relaxing experience. Exactly. When yeah, your Dexcom gets ripped out. No, totally. I mean, I feel like <laughs> I'm, like, so used to just, like, always carrying my diabetes supplies with me. And, like, when I go for runs, I'm just, like, shoving everything I can into my sports bra, which is, like, <laughs> All not in very my bra. comfortable. <laughs> so, like, pockets. It's a new idea. <laughs> Hot new technology. Yeah, my uh, glucose tabs are always just, like, jammed in my boobs. Like, if anyone's actually looking at the shape of my body right now, which, again, nobody's looking at my body, but it's, like, just you got squares on one side and a cylinder on the other. Who knows what'll pop up. Totally. I was going to say, like, we're talking about such different things, like going for runs, your friends doing marathon, yoga, at-home workouts, and I just feel like as long as you are getting your body moving, because, like, we've been talking about so many other benefits of just being active. I think that's the most important part. You do have to find what works for you. Like I've done yoga. I've tried to do yoga a lot of times. I mean, it's been a couple of years, so I could give it a try again and I might have a different experience, but I feel like I'm a very intense person. And so like, I find it really hard to do yoga. And maybe that's the whole point of it is to like relax and be you know, like come to terms with like yourself. But I was like, eh, I don't think this is for me. And Mm -hmm. it really is so important to find what works for you and stick with it. 
I feel like the whole point of kind of, yeah, like what we're all talking about is to like just be able to turn your brain off for like a little bit. And I know for me, like a huge part of what like keeps my brain on like overdrive is like thinking about my blood sugar. So it was like a like really long route for me to find yoga, which is something that like for whatever reason, just like our own individual differences, like doesn't affect my blood sugar like too intensely. So I can kind of like, unless my Dexcom is like screaming at me, like just be like, okay, I'm fine. And I'll be good for the next like 75 minutes. I'm not doing anything that will like really require my attention. And that's so rare like I just mm-hmm. feel like I'm always even when you you don't even realize you're doing it but at least for me it's like I'm always like kind of subconsciously thinking in the back oh, of my head 100%. like what's my blood sugar <laughs> I should probably check like I should eat something I should what am I having for dinner tonight like I should give myself insulin at this time so that I can can have that slice of pizza and just finding like something that gets you out of your head for like a little bit right. is key for me definitely How do you feel like you were able to, like, how many times a week do you do yoga and how did you find a way to stay consistent? When I'm, like, really on it, I'm doing it, like, five or six days a week. Like, I usually go to the studio probably two or three times a week and go, like, at home, like, two or three times a week. Um, And I feel like what helped me stay consistent is kind of a little bit what Millie alluded to at the beginning was, like, just finding a place that felt really welcoming and like treetop and Gloucester was like totally that place for me like I had gone to like studios in the city before when I like lived closer to Boston and um there was just like this really like intense like almost cult-like atmosphere at some of them where it's like you're all in or you're all out you're doing like headstands in 105 degree like heated rooms or like you're like a total schmuck like and going to like treetop and then like some of the other cape and studios that i've discovered like it was really just like finding a community where people were welcoming and we're not just welcoming of diabetes which as we've like you know discussed no one like cares all that much but like they're just welcoming of like and everyone like I've seen people of like all like shapes and sizes in there and there's like really no judgment and that helped me like get the foundation of a regular practice that then like I was able to watch videos and like do more and more at home and it's just like been so nice to feel like really strong at something I don't know if you guys like struggle with this at all but like sometimes like having diabetes just makes me feel like I don't know, it makes me doubt my, like, strength, which is crazy, right? Because it's, like, the opposite. Like, you're able to deal with this chronic illness every single day, but it really makes me think that I can't do things because I feel like my body's, like, betrayed me in some way. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, like, a lot of autoimmune disorders just, like, feel like that. Um, right, like, why did you do this? <laughs> yeah. Why did you do this, Why body? did you do like, this? That was the wrong move. I and know. I wish that you hadn't. Yeah. It, what were you thinking when you attached that <laughs> pancreas? We needed that. We needed that. Redirection. Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to attack the actual virus. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I totally, I just, yeah, I feel, like, not strong sometimes. And, that, and doing yoga regularly has, like, made me feel strong. And then maybe, like, with auto, autoimmune things, like, if you have one, you're probably going to have another. And I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's a few years ago as well. Honestly, I'm like, can I do a swap instead? I'll have Hashimoto's instead of diabetes, but unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. And that kind of made me feel, I was like pretty asymptomatic, but in hindsight, I was like, oh yeah, I guess I was like really tired (laughs) and didn't realize why. That's how I felt too. When my doctor was asking me about all these symptoms, she's like, 
have you been really tired and you know extreme like temperature sensitivity and stuff and I was like actually now that you mention it <laughs> I guess <laughs> but I always like I'm in restaurant industry and so like being tired is I mean that's like a normal thing like I work long hours I go to bed late and I'm like yeah I mean I'm tired and like <laughs> in, doesn't everyone sleep 12 like, hours and always like need a snuggie with them wherever they go like in november december like yes i am very cold like but then i was like okay i i guess that makes sense um are you on level thyroxin mm-hmm. i'm like yeah. really bad at taking it but i am too <laughs> another topic for another I day <laughs> it just like doing something Doing any sort of ritual and doing a ritual that's like physical and mental, which I feel like yoga is like an obvious choice, but there's so many other things that do that for people has just made me feel like I can like kind of trust my body again and that it's been like hard. Like, I don't know. I just trust my body on a larger sense. And then also like just that like very acute anxiety of like my blood sugar's high, my blood sugar's low, like trusting that, like it's given me some like self trust back. Like Literally this whole time I'm watching my phone light up and I'm like, I know, <laughs> I, I know what that's telling me. We get um, it, Dexcom. So yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting and awesome perspective. Thanks. I think it's also like what exercise is good for you at what time in your life too. Cause I've never been like a natural runner, but I've had really close friends who have like been training for marathons and I kind of got into it and I did at one point run a couple half marathons, which is like not something I ever thought that I would do in my whole life. (laughs) And for me running like actually doesn't like lower my blood sugar that much. I think because it's like so intense on my body, sometimes it actually like, skyrockets like when I get to a certain heart rate so I never had a fear of going low when I was running which was kind of nice um I mean running for 13 miles is also like a whole different ball game but like and I honestly don't think I could ever do it again like that was six years ago and I'm like nope never mind Mm -hmm. and then you know like this summer I feel like I was really like hard on myself working out every single day like doing like hit and weights and all this stuff and like got really frustrated And I feel like yoga has been like a nice way for me to be like, you know what, I'm going to run like three miles one day and then I'm going to do like an hour of yoga. And like, I appreciate my body for like being able to do these two things, not like being mad at it for like, you're a little tight in your pants. Like, you know Mm -hmm. what, put on stretch pants and go like feel strong and enjoy your body. Like it's been kind of a nice transition, but I think people need different things at different times in their lives. I need different things at different times of the day, even, yeah. you know, like I feel like I like mentally and also like blood sugar. Like I like, you know, it's weird how you get to know your own rhythms. And it's like, I know that I'm not going to plummet in the morning after exercise. Like I do at night for whatever. I don't know, just cause you've been getting insulin all day. I mean, yeah. that's like my grand scientific theory, but like <laughs> if I go to the gym at like eight o'clock, yeah, I'm going to get like hypoglycemic no matter what I do, like guaranteed. I, I could turn, I could throw my pump in the ocean and I would still like <laughs> go low you know so like so I know if I'm gonna go for a run I'm gonna go in the morning Mm -hmm. if I'm gonna you know eat a big meal like I can kind of get away with that at night actually a little bit more because then I'm not eating for like 12 hours and just like you know looking at your body is like maybe not always your friends but someone that you know (laughs) really well and that it's I've got the data I've been doing it for 20 years it's just like sometimes you just like don't want to deal with the reality of it yeah and sometimes it is unpredictable but it is kind of funny I would say that is one thing that diabetes does 
bring to our lives is that it makes you know yourself really well well. (laughs) and know your body really well. So that is like a positive thing. And it's like, I'm paying way more attention to like how I feel in a way that like maybe some people without diabetes like don't Mm -hmm. like they just assume like a baseline where it's like, no, I'm like, this is how my body reacts to this at this time. And that's probably just not something that comes across other people's minds as much. I don't know. We got no non-diabetics in the room to ask. So (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) We'll never know. Um, Do you want to talk about like teaching yoga at all? your experience like getting certified yeah I can talk about that um so I graduated from the training in uh March I have not actually taught any classes but I think the like intensive process of doing the teacher training makes everyone like in the training like very self-reflective and for me like I did find that reflection like circling a lot back to like my relationship with my body and how that's informed with diabetes And yeah, just like really like having a six month training where you're like analyzing the body in such a like spiritual, physical, emotional way, like really did give me a lot of space to like uh, some of these things that I'm kind of saying as my like conclusions or like new conclusions since I like finished like teacher training. I feel like I used to like really doubt myself and like feel really like not capable and it gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah, just having that space was really important. I think, you know, the next thing I'm kind of like need to level up to is like facing that fear of like, okay, so whatever anxiety I have about my diabetes interfering with my own personal yoga practice, if I were to teach, like I have to really like face that, right? Because I like need to be at the front of a room giving my class my undivided attention and not be worrying about my blood sugar or like crisis planning or like going over to like check my phone 20 times. Cause like, sure I can write a blog post about like how it is for me as a student, but like when you're a teacher, you really like, you need to be like fully present, like in whatever manner that like takes. And so I guess that's like kind of a TBD for me. I haven't quite figured out how to do that, but I want to, I mean, the only way to do it is to just start doing it and try. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And I think that like, part of the teacher training is probably building that confidence which like Mm -hmm. you obviously have like an extra thing on your mind but like getting you to that point but I I think that especially with the devices that we have now it's way more visible and I feel like more people know about this I even like there's a Peloton instructor that has an Omnipod I think so like I have a co-worker who's super into Peloton and she's like oh yeah like such and such I really should learn her name Um, (laughs) (laughs) such and such like has an Omnipod I'm like I think that's so great and like that's an inspiration that someone can be like that's really really intense exercise and she's like out there leading live classes like on so like that is kind of an inspiration and it can be done you know like Mm -hmm. and I think people are really respectful of that too like it's a lot to take on to be someone's exercise guide (laughs) I can barely be my own exercise guide (laughs) it is a lot to take on But I think like kind of what we've all been like getting at too is like people are, people are gracious, you know, like we're all our own worst critics, like diabetic or not. And like most people in the world are kind and like at worst, like just caught up in their own bullshit to like really like be worried about anybody else's and at best are going around like, you know, wishing loving kindness to everyone, (laughs) you know, and most of us fall somewhere like in between and I have to remind myself of that. (laughs) There's not that many people who are like walking into a yoga class, like with malicious intent. (laughs) 
If anyone doesn't hold that pose, I'm judging them. (laughs) Absolutely. I I do have a question as like a relatively new practicer of yoga to someone who has probably eaten a lot of glucose tabs in class. Um, I did a couple weeks ago have a class where I like was in child's pose eating glucose tabs and it just like kind of all like went into my nose because I was Mm. eating them upside down. Yes. That really sucked. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any tips? Okay. I would say um, child's pose is, you know, like the go-to for any kind of rest. That's why I went for it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you can lift your head up and (laughs) shove them in (laughs) at an appropriate non-nose. Just like be cool, be cool, be in child's pose. (laughs) You could also do a little uh, get down like in a tabletop and do some cat cows. And as you do each um, in and out breath, you can... Shove a glucose tab in your okay. mouth. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that piece of advice. <laughs> or if you're feeling really adventurous, you can do a headstand and just shove glucose tabs <laughs> in upside down. People will be really impressed. Yeah. That. <laughs> it's an extra yoga level. I just want to thank everyone for listening to the Just Beauties podcast, especially with our first guest, which was awesome. Um, awesome. like, have you done podcasting before? Because you literally sound like so professional. It's, I'm like, this was great. I wish I could uh, say that I had an extensive podcast resume, <laughs> but I think I might be your guys's natural hosting energy. And just like, I kind of said at the beginning, like the camaraderie you have with people who have type one, just like, it makes everything easier when you just all like understand on a like real deep level each other's experiences yes. so i really love talking to you guys yay thanks for having me absolutely do you want to share your blog sure you can um it's on the treetop.com website which is my home yoga studio it's on my instagram which is my full name megan m-e-a-g-h-a-n dot lions l-y-o-n-s dot bonner b-o-n-n-e-r awesome well thank you so much again and i'm i'm sure you'll be back <laughs> thanks ladies just be thanks for listening and as always feel free to connect with us on social media you can email any feedback or topic ideas to justbeatus at gmail.com that's j-u-s-t-b-e-t-e-s at gmail.com find us on facebook at justbeatus or follow jaleen's t1 journey at at jaleen t1d at j-i-l-l-e-e-n t1d